0: Hot graphics on Linux, coming at you right now on Novell Open Audio. Ah, the age-old question, am I hot or not? Well, if your name's Linux Desktop, then you just suddenly got a whole lot hotter. Since its announcement in February, the buzz of the Linux community has been all about something called XGL. XGL brings 3D graphics acceleration to the Linux desktop. The stunning visual effects that have resulted from that have made a lot of people suddenly sit up and reconsider their opinions on Linux as a desktop OS. Today on Open Audio, we bring you David Reeveman, all the way from Sweden. He's the man behind bringing XGL to life. David, along with some of our SUSE engineers like Matthias Hopp in Novell's Nuremberg-based offices, have done something amazing. They have given Linux sex appeal. Before we get into today's interview, let's quickly do a follow-up on the Brainshare Blitz. During the Novell Brainshare Conference in March, we did about 20 different mini-episodes, and we want to know what you thought of the stuff that we made available to you. Our goal was to bring you a little sampler plate of what was happening at Brainshare, and let you see what some of the things that are going on at the show are. The survey, you can find a link to it on the podcast notes for this particular program. So uh, go on to wwwnovelcom forward slash open audio, find this particular edition, and you'll see that there is a link to the Brainshare Blitz survey. We'd love to get your opinion so we can make the show even better during next year's Brainshare. Second item for you is a quick, commercial break yes it is our first commercial on novell open audio bet you didn't see that coming did you
1: are you tired of the same old same old presentations at your linux user group well here's something you won't want to miss john o'bacon and ted hager will fight to the death at your linux user group meeting that's right log radio's infamous john o'bacon and novell's illustrious ted hager will fight to the death right before your user group's very eyes It's an out-and-out battle royale, performed exclusively for you and your user group. How much do you have to pay for this? Don't answer, because this bloodbath has a price you can't pass up. It's completely free, and that's free, as in gratis, as well as libre. This spectacular event is coming the week of April 17th, when Jono and Ted will tour across the UK and fight to the death each night for one whole week. Due to the graphic and final nature of Mortal Kombat, only a small, few Linux user groups will be selected for this once-in-a-lifetime exhibition of open-source mayhem. So hurry and register today at www.jonobacon.org/ slash UKLugTour, or find the link on the episode notes for this podcast.
0: Okay, so it wasn't much of a commercial, but uh, truth be known is I am going to be on a tour with Jono Bacon across the United Kingdom. And we're going to hit as many Linux user groups as we can possibly accommodate. If you want your Linux user group to be one of them that we present to, you need to get onto the URL that is linked on the notes for this particular edition of Novell Open Audio. Now, as far as XGL goes, I've been doing demos of XGL for a couple of months now. In fact, recently I was at the FOSI conference, that's F-O-S-E, in Washington, D.C., helping out the Linux user group federation called tux.org. And... We were doing demonstrations of XGL there at the booth. And this is just like a little tiny nonprofit Linux user group booth that I was sitting at doing these demonstrations. And just down the way was this gigantic Microsoft Emporium Plaza place. And they were doing some Vista uh, demonstrations and things. And we had several people actually note to us that the Microsoft demonstrations of Vista got completely blown away by our demonstrations of SUSE Linux Enterprise desktop running XGL. And we were quite proud of that. We were really happy to have uh, those that kind of feedback happening during the sh- show. And so this is some pretty exciting stuff where you start seeing people saying that they like the looks of Linux better than, the likes the, than they like uh, Windows. And so the guy who's been making this happen is David Riefman with XGL. All right, David, thank you very much for ch- coming to Novell Open Audio, get, jumping in here with us, and we wanted to talk to you today about XGL and find out a little bit about what's uh, what's caused this to come about, what inspired this, and that kind of thing. And maybe what we can do is we can start with just a quick uh, explanation of what OpenGL is and maybe a little bit of uh, uh, what the challenge was with getting uh, the X system to uh, connect into OpenGL or use it.
2: So, uh, OpenGL, if it's a graphic standard. It's... It's an API for creating graphics programs. It's available on a wide range of platforms, and it's very well supported in hardware. And uh, a lot of games have been using this in the past. Um, I mean, XGL is basically just an application application that uses OpenGL for its graphics, just like a game or anything else. Okay. The the difference with XGL is that. It's an X server as well.
0: When you say it's an X server, uh, some, of, some of the people that might be looking at Linux desktops might not be familiar with the idea of X being a server. So serving up graphics is what we're talking about to the end user, correct?
2: Okay, yeah. X is the graphic system we're using on Linux systems today. What you have is, you have first First, you have an X server, and the X server is responsible for actually drawing all the graphics to the screen. So the X server is running lo- uh, local on the where you have your monitor and your graphics card, and then you have X client connecting to the X server and sending the server requests for drawing things on, on the screen. And the X client doesn't have to be running a same machine as X
0: server. Okay.
2: That's how it works, basically.
0: So why was it that uh, you needed to have, like, a, a, a replacement of the existing X server? or how, Is this actually a replacement of the X server when you put XGL on a system?
2: It's sort of a replacement. The thing, the thing is, in, in the server you have a lot of stuff. I mean, you have more things than just the, uh, the part that, that is doing the graphics. The part that's new in XDL is the part that's accelerating graphics. So instead of in a normal server you have, you usually have like code for uh, accelerating graphics operations on some, some specific graphics hardware. XDL instead you have code for using OpenGL to accelerate graphics. But the only thing that's actually new in XGL is the way we accelerate graphics. Okay, that's the, the, that's the good thing we change.
0: So how is that actually done? How is, how is that acceleration uh, done? That's tapping into the OpenGL standard on the card?
2: Yeah, yeah. It's all on top of OpenGL. So every operation I like to accelerate... Uh, that's done using OpenGL standard OpenGL commands, so like uh, like any game is using.
0: Okay, and when yeah. we talk about XGL, most people talk about XGL just as like meaning the whole thing, including all the visual effects and things like that. So wobbly windows, the cube, and those kind of things. But uh, what are what are the pieces? What are the other pieces? I know that there's a piece called Compiz. Can you give us a little bit of the uh, full anatomy of what this system is that you've created? Okay.
2: So as I said, XGL is just an X server that takes requests from X clients and just draws those requests to to the screen or whatever. So what you need to do to do all these fancy effects is that, uh, the server is actually not doing them, uh, doing them itself. It's just it's just accelerating all the op- graphics operations. So what you have is you have an X client that is responsible for actually drawing the screen. I mean, norm, normally, on a normal server, you have each, each individual client is responsible for drawing the contents of its own window. But now we have a special client that is responsible for drawing the whole screen. And each client is just drawing to its own window. And this special application is then taking uh, the contents of all these windows and then draw those, draw, draw those to the screen. And uh, while it's doing this, it can do all these fancy effects, uh, like you make them translucent and transform them and all that. Compass is is such an application. It's, uh, it's, one, it's really Compositing Manager, it's called. OK. So basically, it's compositing the desktop.
0: OK. And Compositing Manager, this is the idea of bringing multiple pieces of graphics together, overlaying them, combining them into a composite? Is
2: So yeah, you, what you're doing, instead of just having all clients drawing. Directly to the screen, they draw to these off screen buffers, and the compositing manager is taking these off screen buffers and uh, drawing those to the screen. So they're right compositing.
0: That's how you kind of get these things like the edge of some of the windows in CompUs that you've uh, managed to do is that you can actually see the window or the icons or whatever is behind some of the edges of the windows as well. That's yeah. the compositing fact there. Um, so what got you into this? How, how, What made you decide to take on the whole thing of getting OpenGL into X? Why, why did you want to do that?
2: Uh, first, I should probably clarify that OpenGL has been in X since way back. It's just the thing we changed with XGL is that we moved all the uh, drawing operations within the server on top of OpenGL. So we ha- we've had OpenGL for quite a while. The, the difference is that, this new XGL server is better integrated with OpenGL and allows us to do more stuff with OpenGL. And the thing that got got me into this is that I started, actually actually as my master thesis, I wrote a graphics library that used OpenGL for doing 2D graphics, and this graphics library is actually a very important part in XGL today. It's kind of uh, one of the low level abstraction layers within the XGL server. I mean, I did this for for different graphics library called Cairo, for getting uh, accelerated 2D graphics in into Cairo. Okay. And uh, after I after I did that, I kind of, I mean, I got the experience, and I did, I kind of understood what needed to be done to be able to move the whole server on top of OpenGL. So. I thought it was really worth a shot.
0: Okay, cool. So well, yeah. one of the things I noticed uh, is early builds of uh, XGL that I was using, um, I, I was getting to play with uh, an RPM called Cairo that I was putting onto the systems. Is that now integrated into the code? Is that just uh, have I lost track of it because it's part of the SUSE base install now? Or where, where has that gone? Is it still in there?
2: I mean, Cairo is a separate thing. Today, if you're running a like GNOME desktop, all applications are actually using Cairo for some it's Compass can be using Kylo for some stuff, but most of the stuff is just using OpenGL directly.
0: Where does that put us, then, uh, with the uh, difference between GNOME and KDE? Because I know that uh, the window decorations uh, are pretty much Gnome-specific, the ones that I've used now, and I've managed to get them up and running on KDE and played with them a little bit there, got the cube effect and some things like that working on KDE. But uh, Gnome seems to have been the primary so far. Is there also effort within uh, Novell, within the SUSE guys, uh, to get some of these kind of things over onto the KDE side as well?
2: Yeah, of course. Actually, the part that is uh, Gnome-specific within Compass is actually quite small. It's really only... The application that is drawing the decorations that is uh, depends on it really depends on decay and uh, and you want to depend on GDK when you're drawing decorations for GNOME to get the colors, the master of themes, and all that. Right, and that's uh, the
0: GNOME window decorator component, correct?
2: Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so all we need to have it work just as well on K- KD is a uh, KD decorator that is using and uh, the KDE themes for getting the colors and all that. Then, so I'm um, actually surprised that no one has uh, has picked this up and uh, have made it possible
0: to... Yeah, there that. were some outspoken KDE, people yeah. on KDE that were actually uh, saying uh, that they wanted to see XGL back out in the open while you were still uh, working on it in-house and getting it prepared to bring it back out into open source again. Uh, so, yeah, it's kind of interesting that there wasn't uh, somebody that just jumped on it immediately. Um, so on, on that, then, as far as the current state of the project, what are some of the things that you're looking at uh, still working at getting done right now before you feel like it's ready for its uh, big push uh, into uh, the next version of SUSE Linux Enterprise Desktop? Are there areas that you're still working at completing?
2: There's a lot of stuff that needs to be done. I mean, Compass is still quite new, so it's, there's a lot of bugs that needs to be fixed and it needs to be polished uh, to work a lot better and all that there's where a lot of work that needs to be done to x d l so it's currently excel is currently running sort of it's kind of relying on uh the old server to be running and this is something we're moving away from it, it can't have it's kind of have it running standalone and this is one of the big things that that needs to be done but uh, the end user will end user will never really see see any difference just that it, we're gonna be gonna be switching to this eventually.
0: So one of the things also I noticed about Compies is that uh, the compositing manager itself, you made that pretty much modular, is that correct? I mean there's several different libraries that provide things like the cube and then its rotate function is actually a separate module. Do I have that part right?
2: Yeah, it's all those different things like the cube and all those things that are written like, uh, like plugins, you can plug them in and you can, I mean you can load them and unload them and you can just load the stuff you want to have in your compositing
0: manager and that, does that mean then that uh that's like an opportunity area for people who are wanting to contribute into the entire XGL uh, project is they could look at compies and say i want to write a plugin that does this and they could just work on that one little piece without having to get into the rest of yeah, the it, inter-
2: yeah it makes it a lot easier to to without actually modifying any of the existing code you'd be able to uh, implement your own effects
0: has anybody picked up on that yet has anybody started to actually do that
2: kind of thing where they're uh, oh yeah yeah there's, kind of- there's a lot of people writing plugins today so what
0: kind of things have you seen so far
2: i've seen i think i've seen a lot of improvements to the existing plugins i've also seen uh some other i haven't had that much time to look into the plugins i will i will eventually but yeah. i've seen a few screenshots and some pretty
0: good stuff Okay, and like uh, I think Guy was telling me, uh, Guy Linardi, the product manager, he was telling me that the uh, opacity, making a window opaque, that's actually somebody else that's making that particular plugin. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, I think there was a plugin that allowed you to use like the mouse wheel to change the opacity of the window, but that you know, I actually integrated that into and the normal version of Compass, so you you don't have to, you have to use a plugin for that but so it's kind of a basic thing to do.
0: How hard is it for somebody to get started with making uh, their own plugins? How would, how would they actually go about doing that?
2: It's actually not that hard, and the lack of documentation makes it a bit harder right now. Hopefully I'll uh, have some time to write some better documentation soon. Uh, but what you should do is just have a look at the, the existing plugins, maybe start by modifying one of the existing plugins, and... Yeah, quite quickly you'll find out how how everything works then.
0: The main portion of your work right now is really just getting the X server uh, working better. Uh, So plugins are probably a frontier that's really fun to work on for you, but you don't get to do as much time there as... That's correct. What are some of the plugins that you've wanted to make that you haven't had a chance to yet?
2: Uh, I've had some some ideas. Actually, I did implement one plugin that uh, I have been wanting to do for a while, and that's uh, uh, water effects plugin so it looks like your desktop is so it's like water on top of your desktop it's not it's not very useful yet but if you press some special key binding uh, you get you get the uh, like water effects around the mouse cursor so every 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 time you move the cursor it looks like it you're dragging it through water on your desktop
0: so so that's more of just like an eye candy one. it's not so much like the uh, zoom effect where it actually has like real good apl- application. This is just more yeah, things that's Yeah, really it's cool. more
2: like eye candy thing, but I, I guess you can hook it up to do useful stuff anyway yeah, yeah, and all yeah, I mean you can get notifications when uh, some things happen. To some application or yeah,
0: so there's, there, there, it, it's really just sort of a proof of concept that it's possible out there, and then Unix can hook in things that are actually real practical uses for people. Then,
2: yeah, it's doing some uh, pretty advanced stuff, and I wanted to write a plugin that did that, so uh, so people can look at that and do a similar things. Do
0: you have that one actually out there that uh, so people? can Yeah, it out?
2: Uh, I haven't packaged it yet, but I will very soon. And uh,
0: so the CVS on Free Desktop actually has that plugin. Yeah. What would people look for? What would be the name? Oh, it's uh, Water. Water? Yeah. Simple enough. One of the things that we do here when we bring uh, guests like you on here is we uh, post that we're going to have that guest on the show beforehand. We allow uh, some of our audience members to ask questions. And uh, we had a guy named David Nielsen early on, even before we put that you were going to be uh, on the show. Okay. onto the website we actually had somebody say you got to have David Reeveman on the show you got to and you got ask him these questions so i got a couple quick questions on that one of them uh we've uh, we already sort of asked already what about more usability focused Compi's work uh in the future are we going to see uh more kinds of things along those lines can you give us a little bit of an idea of some of the ideas you have for uh usability
2: um yeah i mean i've tried to make most of the things i've added so far uh useful so, uh, and I think most of the things are. Um, the thing like uh, that window, if the window stops responding, it loses, loses uh, its color. It gets desaturated.
0: Yeah, it fades out into a
2: gray. So things color. like that are quite useful. So, and hopefully there'll more things like that
0: Okay. And uh, the, the next question, I think you've already answered this pretty much, but is there a okay. way that a, a somebody as an end user, not so much as a developer, can actually help your, help your project out, help out XGL, help out Compies? Are there any areas that you're looking for people that are non-coders to help contribute on?
2: My reports are always always useful. And I mean, just suggestions of what what might be useful to add and how they want it to work and all that. All that stuff is
0: and useful. you track uh, your bugs through bugzilla.novell.com, is that correct?
2: Yeah, and there, you can also add bugs through uh, freedesktop.org. So freedesktop.org also has their bugzilla. Oh, yeah. and there's a the mailing list at freedesktop as well now.
0: All right, another one from David Nielsen is uh, he says, in his humble understanding of XGL, it's just a GL layer on top of an age-old X server, meaning that it'll still have some of the same problems with bad drivers and messy code underneath. He asks, uh, do you think that there's a real need to rework the whole x.org tree to have XGL or XGL-like technology uh, be stable for most users? Um, and he says he actually refers this one as uh, having been uh, put out there by one of the uh, KDE guys, uh, suggesting that maybe there's a full need for a replacement
2: of the entire x.org system. What's your thought on that? The idea with, I mean, moving the server on top of OpenGL and all that, that's kind of the thing is the problem we had with uh, is that it's so hard to keep up with the pace that graphics hardware is devo- developing, so that's why we haven't seen any of this in X before. So, uh, what, I, what I did with XGL is that I designed it for the stuff we wanted to do today, and by moving everything on top of OpenGL, we should be able to, in a better way, keep track of all, all the va- advancements that are done in uh, the graphics hardware. And
0: uh, last question on this one. Uh, is, there any, is there any interlinking of, of the work that you're doing with some of the AIGLX uh, project that Red Hat's doing? What's the relationship right now between the two? Are they just separate projects? Is there a link between them? Are you collaborating on any of this?
2: Um, yeah, there's there some, some common, uh, there's actually a lot of common code in big Server for both of these projects. Uh, <clears throat> some of the new code being written for AIGLX. Is coming and shared with XGL. And I mean, both parties want to use the OpenGL drivers more. So both of them contribute to making the OpenGL drivers better. OK. Uh, so that's, that's a good thing.
0: So it's more at the uh, actual hardware vendor level that you guys, uh, the, uh, the AIGLX and the XGL different things are contributing in?
2: Uh, AIGLX is more about getting the open source driver uh, drivers improved. Ah, okay. Got it. Because it's hard to plug in a proprietary driver into the uh, AI UX model. Okay. Uh, XGL, on the other hand, you can plug in a proprietary driver like NVIDIA for ACI's driver.
0: And there's a question that's been on my mind for a while, and that is, uh, I-, I would imagine that because you're going to be on this show here, uh, th- that this interview will be up online and we'll get a little bit of... Uh, get a little bit of airplay out there in the community uh i noticed when uh you brought this uh code back out and from doing a lot of in-house development uh back in i think it was january february um that ubuntu jumped right on it they integrated it in and it was something that somebody could pull right down onto the ubuntu distro and one of the things that i was wondering about it is i know that internally inside novell we've had a real delicate approach to this, where there's only a few people inside of Novell that are doing demonstrations of uh, XGL and those kind of things, and the Ubuntu community jumped right on it. What are your feelings as far as the readiness of the code? Is that something that you support them just putting out there on a mass end-user distribution like that, or is it something that you kind of look at and say, well, you're getting into risky territory? What What, what are your thoughts on that area?
2: Uh, the more people who use it, better actually. There's no other way to, to, I mean, to get the, the things that need to be fixed fixed, unless uh, a lot of people are using it. But are you finding you're getting a good. lot of bug reports because of that? I'm getting more bug reports now, mostly concentrated on the compute stuff and not so much on XDL. But I'm getting a lot of bug reports now and it's very useful. Yeah,
0: it's probably hard for people to know what's going on with XGL. They mostly see the effects and when they work, when they don't. When they yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that pretty much gets us a pretty good overview of what's going on with XGL. Well, David, thank you very much for uh, coming on the show for us and giving us a quick yes. uh, talk about XGL. Thanks for having me. That's it for XGL with David Reeveman. If you want more information on XGL, including how to implement it on SUSE Linux, or you want to watch some videos that actually show XGL in action, Check out the links for this show at wwwnovelcom forward slash open audio. While you're there, remember to take the Brainshare Blitz survey and leave us some comments and feedback on how we did in our Brainshare Blitz of mini episodes. Also, you can rate this edition of the show and you can even leave comments on this edition of the show. And each one of the comments that you guys send in, I personally read. And I thank everybody who's given me a lot of feedback on which way we're taking this show and things that we're doing with it. A couple of you could be a little more constructive. A couple of people have called me a marketing hack at this point. And I got to say, that makes, a, that makes a guy who's got a technical background really ache. And I, I, I lose sleep at night. And I worry that maybe I don't have a reflection in a mirror anymore. Or perhaps my next meal is going to feature cerebral cortex or something like that. Uh, anyway, our next show is going to feature Novell Client for Linux. And that's going to be with Tom Bruff and Susan Jensen, the engineering team for the Novell Client for Linux. They're going to give you an idea of how the Novell Client for Linux works, how you can uh, integrate a Linux desktop into an e-directory authenticated environment, an environment that has NetWare servers or open enterprise servers in it for your file sharing and your print sharing. Uh, they'll give you a full uh, full overview of how that's going to all work. Our program is Guided by the listeners like you. So uh, you can leave us notes on what you want us to do with the show next. It's brought to you by Novell in conjunction with Novell Users International. And as always, you can reach us by email or telephone. And someday we'll have our Skype line back up. And you can reach us any one of those ways. If you go to novell.com forward slash open audio, all the links are there for how to get in touch with us. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you on our next episode.